Hey, CLC family, Christian here with Pastor Bob. Hey, it's great to be here on March 7th. March 7th, it's terrifying to think that. Uh, March 7th, yeah, we're plowing through this month. Um, hey, this is episode, I think, episode 6 of our sermon Q&A, where we kind of pause, we breathe, and we reflect on the sermon from the last Sunday. The hope is that this is kind of a space of um, processing and dialogue where you can push back a little bit, you can ask questions, you can wrestle alongside of us as we wrestle with the text. Uh, and so if you've not checked out the sermon, really good sermon, calling out some like really, really important things. Um, check that out. It's on the website. Um, yeah, you definitely don't want to miss that. But we're going to be reflecting on that sermon today, um, even talking about some questions that were submitted. Uh, as you guys know, we spend two minutes recapping the sermon. Then we spend uh, seven minutes kind of talking a bit more deeply about uh, some points in the sermon or th some things that were left unaddressed. And then, of course, we wrap up our time with eight minutes of answering questions. So, you ready to get started? Okay. All yeah, right. let's do it. And so the timer, we got two minutes on the clock starting now. Okay, fantastic. So recap of the sermon. Yeah, so we're in that section of Ephesians, and it moves to relationships being the place where we are in anticipation of what heaven's supposed to look like. And we come to the husband-wife relationship, and at least it initially could look as if Paul is accepting or introducing hierarchy. Hmm. Um, interesting, in that culture... The one thing that would have been very uncontroversial, completely uncontroversial, would be to say wives are subordinate to their husbands, just like children subordinate to parents, which you're going to deal with this week. This weekend, yeah. Um, all, all wisdom about, about that. But in that culture, I mean, harshness toward children, harshness toward the debt slaves or whatever was just the normal matter of course. Hmm. And here Paul's addressing all of them. And as I pointed out, like the, the interpretation of the word submit when in your Bibles it says wives submit to their husbands, is borrowed uh, from where Paul says in verse 21, submitting to one another, giving deference to one another. So it has to mean that he is, in a sense, undermining this one person submits, the other person has the natural hierarchy. That's just the order of things by saying, no, it's lifted up to a mutual kind of deference and submission. And so he explains that for the wives. They're not off the hook. They are still called to minister in that way and then he spends about eight verses on husbands yeah give yourself up as christ gave himself up so it's 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 radical submission language but yeah. it's not using the word um so that it looks parallel and I, yeah. I don't think there's any way he could make it more mutual than that and yeah. so it was really lifting off some of the freight because yeah. sometimes christians in an attempt to be faithful to the bible have taught a kind of hierarchy yeah uh where one person's opinion matters more than the other. Yeah. And uh, I mean, I don't know how that would look in a marriage. I can say like, I'm so glad that that is not the marriage I live in. Yeah. And I've not seen a good marriage where there's like, you know, subservience or subordination yeah. and one person's opinion matters supremely. And how does that work in an equal? Yeah. So there's a lot to tackle on what you did in like 40 five minutes maybe <laughs> maybe maybe yeah and especially a sermon that in some ways pushes against what a lot of people might have come in come in presuming about what the passage might say to i think there's been an accumulated you know body of teaching and i think you know so christian part of it for me goes back to i think two of the most de-emphasized chapters in the bible are genesis one and two yeah that we often as christians jump to genesis three we're broken and we need a savior which yeah. is so true yeah but that saving is going to get us back to 
Genesis one, 1 and 2. two. Yeah. And so if you see subordination of women in Genesis 1 and 2, then there's going to be subordination of women in the new heaven, new earth in Revelation yeah. 21 and 22. Yeah. And I think Jesus comes and he blows all that up just yeah. by the way he treats women, elevates yeah. women. And, you know, you've got your maids and maidservants prophesying yeah. and speaking the word of God in Acts chapter 2. Pentecost comes, you know, heaven in a sense is yeah. really touching down. The kingdom is getting moving. Yeah. And it revolutionizes the relationship between husband and wife. Yeah. Um, but, you know, I have a wife who is deferential, but not in a subordinate way as I am less important than y mm -hmm. you because I'm a woman. Yeah. But because that is a beautiful heart in her. Yeah. Uh, and I would not want her to think like it means that she's an inferior inferior in the sight of God. Her opinions yeah. counsel us. So, yeah. Um, and abuse statistics in the church are about like they are in the world. Yeah. Um, She's really sad. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I, I honestly do not believe that that's true in our particular church. Yeah. But it hides in churches, yeah. and sometimes it hides behind these verses misapplied and misunderstood. Yeah. Well, here, I'll do this. I'm going to add seven, and let's jump into that even a bit more. Um, uh, you made some really awesome, bold, uh, like, I, you know, I don't know if I've seen it done many times in a church to kind of list out, and, and we can go this route or go another route too, listing out like, hey, here's examples of what abuse looks like. And sometimes people take this passage to... Um, uh, to kind of make it okay that these abuses are happening. And so can you talk a little bit more about that? Or is there anything even around that that you're like, oh, I wish I could could have gotten to this on Sunday. I didn't, so let's Yeah, talk about it. and you know, part of that, Christian, is just because having preached these kind of things, I have seen those scriptures hijacked, misapplied, yeah. and weaponized. And you know, there's a beautiful padding around these verses because it is primarily to say, um, be, being filled with the Holy Spirit looks like mutual subordination yeah. and then he applies that to the marriage relationships and then he applies it even to children parents yeah. and uh master slaves which is opens up a whole other can of worms yeah. uh why didn't he say free your, free your slaves yeah. i wish he would kind of from my 21st mm -hmm. perspective century perspective back in the scripture yeah but uh i'll get to tackle some of that in a couple of weeks um so yeah what i've discovered as a pastor is in when the sad occasion of looking at, at abuse comes forth the, the worst abuse, although it's unthinkable to have physical abuse, but the abuse someone really has trouble getting over is that emotional abuse mm -hmm. of, um, you know, everything from their opinion doesn't matter or they're walking on eggshells. Yeah. And, you know, early on in my pastoral ministry, there would be couples come to me and I, it took me a while to wake up to the fact that like this husband is creating an atmosphere where any criticism toward him is he's... He's got a blustering personality in my office, but yeah. at home it is even more explosive. Yeah. And she is like held hostage yeah. emotionally. Yeah. Um, and that's almost <clears throat> well, I've had I've had people say that was the part that was harder to heal from. Yeah. Than the outward physical when there was yeah. actual physical yeah. abuse, which is unthinkable. And if anybody's in that situation, um, I did check in preparation for the sermon. I didn't say this, but there is mandatory reporting of all forms of abuse in Pennsylvania. Yeah. Um, and I'm kind of thankful for that in that it takes the pressure off. Yeah. Um, yeah. Like you don't have to do the investigative <coughs> report in good faith uh, what you've uh, come across uh, and the, the kind of the institutions established and well-equipped to handle that stuff kind of do the rest of the stuff. But. If you know someone's unsafe or, yeah. you know, and again, if someone is living in fear and adapting their behavior yeah. to someone who they're afraid is going to explode on them, mm -hmm. Uh, you know, even emotionally, like that, that it reaches criminality, actually. Yeah, yeah. Um, 
very hard to prove, and I know like those the those kind of issues, boy, heart goes out to anybody in that situation. Yeah. It's just yeah. like unthinkable. Yeah. Um, and I think that's part of what the church does is just says this is unacceptable. Yeah. That it is without excuse. We're going to call it what it is. Yeah. Um, and we're going to hopefully make the church and yeah. it's a place that is unsafe for abusive behavior. Yeah. And unsafe for abusers to continue in abusing. Yeah. And a safe place for the people who are experiencing that treatment to find solidarity and support yeah. and encouragement. Let me, I, if I could ask you a question too. How is it that, because in some ways people have uh, used scripture to create those kind of toxic environments or to enable that. How is it that we, how is it, do you think that some, you know, churches, and just speaking generally here, have arrived at kind of this um, take of scripture and then have used this to really enable abuse? Like what, what in the history of the church or in biblical interpretation do you think kind of contributed or even our broader culture has contributed to our reading this passage and saying, great, this is a really good reason why I should make my wife submit. Like what? I don't know. Do you have any takes on that? Well, I'll tell you a hard book. And I mean, I'm not necessarily recommending it because it's a really hard book to read, but it's by a Christian historian, Kristen Dumay called Jesus and John Wayne. And mm. it is about the embrace of a kind of toxic masculinity yeah. instead of the full orbed because. Biblical masculinity is Christ. Yeah. It's Christ-like, mm -hmm. right? And so this idea of the John Wayne, rugged individual, you know, um, a th more authoritarian yeah. uh, person has has been embraced. And a lot of ministries embrace that as more important than Christ-likeness yeah. and the gospel and such. Yeah. She documents it, and it is a hard tale. Yeah. Um, but there have been rigid purveyors of it. and. Um, there have been aspects of it in all kinds of frontline ministries, people that uh, whose names would be known, yeah. who really taught that kind of rigid, hierarchical relationship. Yeah. And there's no love in that. There's none of the Holy Spirit in that. There's none of the self-giving of Christ who says, hey, the Gentiles lorded over them in this way, but not so you. Yeah. I mean, and he was talking about civil authorities, but, but he also said, you know, all forms of leadership, if yeah. you want to be great, be the servant of all. And then yeah. he did it. Then yeah. he lived it out. Not only, yep. Turned the tables on it. Turned to king. The kingdom is upside down, an upside down kingdom. So I would say we should expect to see tyranny in the world. Yeah. But when we see it in the church, that's that's the turf in which we ought to say as believers, no, it will not yeah. stand here. Yeah. yeah. We've got to be countercultural. Yeah. So, um, yeah, that is, and that was a very hard book. Liz and I both listened to that book yeah, around when it came out in 2020 or, or 2021, maybe listening to it in the car. And it was just like, we had to grieve. Yeah that it had come inside of the church yeah. with people who we knew, um, we knew some of those ministries and we're like, wow, it really is as bad as we thought it was yeah. um, and caused a lot of suffering. Yeah. So, um, you get to take apart parenting next week. Yeah, uh, or try to, yeah. Authoritarianists <laughs> there, like in that culture, it would have been very common. Our culture may be less so, but yeah. um, the command of fathers to be tenderhearted, not exasperate. Yeah. And then for masters, you know, to say you're going to be judged, you're only masters according to the flesh yeah. and just the, all the ways he undermines it. Paul gives a beautiful job at, at a time where there was a lot of tension. The Roman Empire did not look kindly yeah. on groups that were upsetting social order. Yeah. Um, so anyway, I hope we can be countercultural yeah. and lead that way. Yeah. And I think it's just it's absolutely biblical. Uh, but somehow it's been imported in another way inside the church. Yeah, yeah. I appreciate you highlighting that because I think, uh, um, yeah, some people might have come in on Sunday saying, yeah, I'm so glad we're tackling this passage. And then 
they might walk away with, oh, it's not what I was expecting. Like so some people who might have utilized that passage and or misappropriated it. So, um, yeah. Mutual submission. I mean, it's there in verse 21. It's the verb. But then in chapter 6, verse 9, where the passage ends, he says, masters in the same way to yeah. your slaves. He's telling the masters to submit to their slaves. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that is radical Can't get more countercultural than that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, Good deal. It shows how countercultural, like the gospel, really is. And I think if we're ever sitting comfortable with our lives, like I think I have it down. Like that's maybe when we should be pressing the questions of like, you know, what in my life needs to be turned upside down for the glory of God, and what needs to be challenging me. So, um, yeah, I thought you did a really good job with that this weekend. Um, great. I guess eight minutes for Q and A. Yeah, eight minutes cool. for Q and A. Okay. Right. Um, it's always hard. You always like want more time. <laughs> I feel like we could chat about this one in particular for quite some time. Um, this one definitely could. Yeah. Eight minutes. I did get um, one question. Uh, let's see here. Um, the question is, hi, gents. Uh, hello. How are you? Uh, this may not be appropriate for discussion at this time and place, but what do you do if you are the victim in an abusive relationship? That's a really great question. Um, definitely a, a, an important question, even a sensitive question. Um, I think this is, you know, not the best space to tackle it, but it is a space to tackle it. But I think hopefully conversations in your life are, you know, are ways to kind of, for anyone who this might be applicable to, to um, while we can talk about it from a podcast, I hope that you got people in your life um, that you can wrestle with these questions with as well. Because it's a really important question um, for people who might be in that situation. So, um, yeah, I'll read it one more time and then we'll jump in. Uh, you know, what do you do if you are the victim in an abusive relationship? Yeah. yeah, and there are individuals in that situation, and I think one is we want to surround them with supportive and good counsel. And I yeah. just saw a survey from a church study, it was actually in the Presbyterian Church of America, that of women who confided in their pastor that they were in an abusive relationship, and they went to their pastors first. Mm -hmm. Like, any, it was over 80% of them regretted having done that mm -hmm. because they felt the tables were turned. Um, you know, the husbands were brought in uh they shed crocodile tears of repentance mm -hmm. and then all of the pressure turned to the wife and said now it's your duty to forgive yeah and not not realizing that that is a cycle of abuse i mean generally abusers um profusely and demonstrably repent they buy gifts they say i love you i love you i love you i want you back yeah. i want you back and then there's this you know cooling off stage yeah and then the emotional abuse ratchets up and it yeah. reaches another peak. It's it's that cycle. cycle. Yeah. Uh, and I'm not saying it's impossible for them to repent, but I'm yeah. saying we're not looking at an equal footing. Yeah. Which is again what I think Paul is doing and what the Bible does so beautifully is it raises yeah. both or you know puts them on an equal footing underneath yeah. Christ. Yeah. So um, I was reading in preparation for the sermon one thing that I still like it blows my mind. But you know that the um, the most dangerous place for a pregnant woman, what kills a pregnant woman uh, the most when, when uh, in carrying that pregnancy to term is not eclampsia or dying in childbirth, hmm. but it is domestic violence that takes really? her life. Hmm. That is the number one cause of death for a woman with a child. Huh. And so I just think like in the, in the Christian community, we're hmm. pro-life, right? So like we should be particularly aware and vigilant to yeah. that and, and often it is because the husband doesn't want the pregnancy or yeah. is upset at the divided attention or yeah. incapacity. And it's like, wow, I didn't, like I had to do double, I double checked that reference. Yeah. And that is true yeah. um, statistically. So abuse is a lot more prevalent. Yeah. 
Um, and I'd say we have the New London Counseling Center. I mean, it's like get good counsel. Yeah. Uh, person in an abusive relationship may need help and support. Yeah. And I do think there's an artful way. Like I think as they as they share, like I think it they need a place to make to make a plan. Yeah. For how they're going to provide mm. for themselves. Yeah. Um, and that's the only hope for that relationship is there's got to be a disruptive, like end to all tolerance of that way of relating. Yeah. yeah. Um, and then could that relationship be healed? It's possible. Yeah, I think it could, but not by tolerating those abusive patterns at all. Yeah. Or enabling that to continue. Enabling it. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, yeah. That's that's a very. I've seen it. I you know, and I've seen the church. I mean, um, our church experience in Maryland uh, with an OPC church was actually a very good. There were very wise and godly leaders. Yeah. And I remember on a couple occasions, elders of that church stepped into a kind of dangerous space to actually move the woman's belongings out of a house mm. in which there was abuse going on. Yeah. And then fully support that woman, and in one case support her in, um, she was not currently working a job, she didn't have any yeah. income, and, and to help her all the way through. And yeah. it's sad on the one hand, but also, like we, were, I think we really were Christ's hands and feet in that situation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So. yeah. And uh, even you mentioned it, like uh, almost kind of entering unsafe spaces. And if we're gonna love in proximity, and hopefully help bring, um, you know, at least uh, to take people out of really difficult situations, it almost requires us to sacrifice some comforts and kind of lean in and do what's necessary to ensure someone else's safety. Um, which is a challenge to some of our own sensibilities, but necessary nonetheless. So, yeah, yeah it really is. And yeah. I think just you know, in clear teaching, I mean, <laughs> I, it, it really is unsafe. I mean, I remember yeah. we, we had a deacon who was working at Walmart and um, noted that the husband in question, who was an abuser, had just, you know, bought a firearm and ammunition mm -hmm. in preparation for an elder meeting. It was like, uh, okay, but, you know, <laughs> so... Um, I'm not talking about drawing that kind of yeah. a fire situation, but I am saying like our advocacy needs to be really clear. Yeah, yeah. And I do think that the Bible is clear. Like there is just no tolerance for yeah. that at all. Yeah. Um, and Paul here is seeking that these, uh, the marriage be, he says, I'm speaking to Christ in the church. I want your marriage to be a window into heaven. Yeah. I want your marriage to be a window into the most um, completely giving yourself up like Christ gave himself up. Yeah. Um, I want marriages to be a window into that and cause people to say, wow, there's such self-giving, yeah. such deference, such honor, yeah. um, such beauty in that relationship. Yeah. So, um, but it has been, it has been warped Yeah. and all authority structures have been warped. Um, I'm struck by the fact that we are never commanded to take dominion over another person. Yeah. Um, that there is a, a sacred image bearing um, sanctuary, right? For, whether it's a child or a powerless person of any kind, like they ultimately were trying to lead them to respond to Christ. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, um, I am preaching that more careful because every time I had preached it, I felt like it was possible. You know, there's the sermon you preach and the sermon people hear and just like the reading of those words yeah. can sometimes empower someone to say, well, that's my role. I yeah. have that authority. And... Uh, he never tells husbands to yeah. rule their wives. He never even tells them to lead or take this priority position. Yeah. I, but he says, give yourself up like Christ does and, and minister to our wives as we're called to minister to everyone, but particularly to our wives, to serve them so yeah. that they flourish. Yeah.
And it seemed like the way you tried to deliver it, like it was trying to make it unmistakable that this is not what it's saying and this is what it is saying. Absolutely. Which is important, especially for a passage like this that could be taken in a variety of different ways. And Yeah. Yeah, that it's 100% mutual. And yeah. that is pretty radical. Not everybody agrees with that, by the way. Yeah. And, and there's there may be some different acceptable ways sure. to formulate that that don't lead to abuse. But I really do think it's 100% mutual in this passage and yeah. it couldn't be more clear to me. Yeah. Um, and the more I've studied it and the more I've looked at marriages, I've never found a really good healthy marriage where there is this strict hierarchy. Yeah. It's something else. It's something other than a really good mutual marriage. Yeah. So. Yeah. Um, well, appreciate you mentioning that. Uh, another question, more kind of even specific to CLC, like should someone be watching today? And I'm just throwing this out there. We've not, you know, rehearsing this. Um, should someone be watching say today and say, I am in an abusive relationship or one of those things, Bob, that you said on Sunday that described abuse is applicable to me in my situation. Um, what if I were to bring that to CLC or the community of CLC or, you know, what could I expect in terms of uh, help or assistance? Uh, and that's kind of a full big question. Um, yeah. But yeah, for any watching who might be experiencing that, like what might that look like in I hope what they can expect, and I really do believe they they can expect support, yeah, and uh, and empathy, and I would say help in finding some really excellent, you know, professionally trained yeah. counsel. Because I'm not a professionally trained counselor, yeah. I don't tread into that space. I'm really trying yeah. to help people know they're cherished by Christ. Yeah, He is on their side. The Spirit of God is with them. Yeah, um, we want to stand and walk supportively with them, but they may need some really specialized trained support yeah um i also want to there's a, there's a dividing line here of saying like of hijacking information and going straight to the authorities i don't think like with emotional um blustery kind of stuff like that i don't know that that rises to the level of a mandatory report hey we've sure. got a husband who's blustering using his temper to mean manipulate i don't know that, that that's not something i would jump into that fray yeah uh, but a lot of times children are endangered yeah and exposed to that kind of thing and um, you know, people can look up the state mandated reporting for themselves, but it's pretty comprehensive. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I know there's like the online um, <clears throat> profile and the kind of call in as people who work with students. Um, we are, you know, have to go on, undergo a lot of that training, too. But um, yeah. yeah, I think it's good to highlight that there are resources and people who are so equipped. Um, and I know we're usually familiar with them working in a church to kind of reference people and point people, um, but definitely can expect to be cared for and loved for here. Um, and these are like the theological framework at which shapes hopefully how we respond to these things, which seems to be the case. So um, yeah. yeah, appreciate that. We're the brothers and sisters and, yeah. and fellow foot soldiers in the gospel, but you know, the equipping that the Bible equips me for is to be, you know, a foot soldier pastor, not an expert counselor and all that. Yeah, yeah. And, and to say, you know, to that person, like, you need to know how precious you are before God. The yeah. father does not want his daughter or, or son, if that's the case, treated in an abusive way. Yeah. He does not. Yeah. And um, he's gone to great lengths to make that clear. And we ought to be a place that lives that out and affirms that. So. Yeah. Appreciate that. Thanks for uh, entering and kind of entering some difficult stuff, um, but also being very clear on kind of what the gospel is uh, inviting us into, which if you think about it, it's such a beautiful thing. Like this image of what God is doing, of redeeming and restoring these things. Like I can't imagine people be like, I don't want that. I don't know. I, as I see this, I'm like, what a beautiful picture of what family could be, what a relationship with a spouse and a child could be. I'm just kind of this beautiful image that we get from Paul about what Jesus is doing. So 
Yeah. Yeah, that self-giving love. Whenever we see it in a drama, I mean, it moves the heart. Oh, yeah, yeah. It I, does. I cry in so many movies oh, because man. of it, yeah. That's the point, you yeah. know, so. Awesome. Well, hey, Great. thanks so much. Uh, this Sunday we continue the series. As Bob mentioned, I'll be chatting about um, uh, parents and their kids and kind of what, um, what it looks like for the spirit to breathe life into those things and what the image of heaven looks like in kind of those relationships. And so that'll be this Sunday. Um, yeah, I think that's all we got. Set their clocks forward too. Just plan in oh, advance. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's that week. I'm sorry I gave you that week. Uh, yeah, it's okay. Yeah, yeah. It I gotta worked, make sure I remember to set out my that clock. Way. Yeah, <laughs> but, yeah. Um, I gotta make sure I remember to set my clock, or uh, there'll be a long first set for the band, and then I'll I'll get here. But um, yeah, set your clocks in hour four. Don't forget. Um, but yeah, I guess we'll see you guys this Sunday. All right. Take care. Yeah, great.